Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. My message today, and, and I want you to talk to the person next to you. The, the title is, O Dry Bones, Hear the Word of the Lord. Say that. O Dry Bones, Hear the Word of the Lord. Say that again with me. O Dry Bones, Hear the Word of the Lord. The love of God is so powerful because the love of God does something. It brings life. See? See, th this is what we, we really have to understand because this video was talking about life. He wants every part of our life to be a, an example of life. See, sometimes we, we, we take life for granted because it hasn't happened to me. Or it hasn't happened to somebody that I know. What COVID has taught us more than anything, it can happen. If COVID hasn't taught us anything, it taught us that the person we were talking to last week, it can happen. That they were just as healthy as you were last week, and then now it happened. We struggle sometimes with life. Sometimes that, that is a, a constant struggle that we go through because life in certain parts of our life is good, certain parts of our life we struggle with, certain parts of our life we are unsure of. But Jesus said that I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Sometimes that is the part that we struggle with is the abundant part. We struggle with sometimes waking up in the morning. And as we watch the video, some of these children just wanted to get up in the morning. Sometimes we take what we have and we take it for granted. Not understanding that somebody else would just love to have your struggle and just get up in the morning on their own two feet. Jesus said that I come to give life and life more abundantly, but then he also said this. He says that the devil, the thief, he comes. The meaning of thief is this. A person who steals another person's property, especially by stealth, stealth and without using force or violence. <clears throat> I'm, 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 say that to you again. 
Because we, because <clears throat> sometimes we get this image of a thief of just coming in and he just taking everything you got. But a person who steals another person's property, especially by stealth, by stealth, without using force or violence. The meaning of stealth is a conscious action or movement, a person or thing that is quiet and secretive. See, when Jesus makes the statement that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he is saying that he is not coming and saying, hey, here I am. He's coming secretively into those parts of our life. And then the next part of it says, he, does, he, does, he comes to accept to kill, steal, and destroy. See, this is the part that we have to understand that Jesus came to give us life more abundantly. And then he uses the phrase he calls the devil a thief. Said that he's not going to come and just give it to you and say, I'm, I'm coming to steal this part of your life. I want you to see me while I'm doing it. But he's going to come around the corner. Uh, those of you who are old enough, you remember the Pink Panther? And, <laughs> and, the pink, and, 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 and the Pink Panther would be hiding around the corner. And then when he'd see Caruso, he'd... Amen? Yeah, there it is. And, and, and the thing is, is that when the Pink Panther, Caruso was Pink Panther, but never got it. Because he always outwitted him some kind of way. But it was funny trying to watch Caruso try to hunt the Pink Panther down. And we try to do that sometimes when we to hunt the devil down. And we're not using our authority. We're not using our power. Our power is the blood. Our power is the word. Our power is the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about the mercies of God and the but God. And, and, and we went into the but God and, and how God... Uh, we go through different struggles, but when at the end, we always just yell, just but God, and because of his mercies and his grace and his love, we end up getting through it. But we still go through struggles. We, th we still have life circumstances. But life is in the soul of the man. Our salvation is not meant for us to hide. See, that's something else that we but the soul, the salvation is not meant for us to be hidden, but it's meant for us to share with others and for us to build the kingdom of God. Life is the most powerful gift that a man can have. Life. If it wasn't powerful, then he never would have breathed life in the nostrils of Adam. Life is powerful. Sometimes we, we lose thought because we have children. And, 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 and what we need to do is train our children 
to embrace life. We need to stop running around looking for our gifts. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for what God is going to give me. If you're living your life, I guarantee you a dollar to a donut that you'll figure it out. But life is that powerful. You'll find your purpose. You'll find your destiny. You'll find that thing. I was talking to a young man. He is 18 years old. He's about to graduate, you know, this coming year. And was 17, 18. And, and the, the thing was, I asked him, I said, what, did, what do you want to do when you graduate? He said, well, pastor, he said, I didn't figure it out until uh, coming into my senior year that I wanted to go into the Navy. And I wanted to, 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 to take courses in the Navy. And I, and I wanted to, 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 to uh, get my master's degree while I'm in the Navy. Now, I'm saying that to say this is a 17-year-old or 18-year-old young man that he's telling me at this age that he figured it out. So in being in Christ Jesus, it's the same way. If we continue to live life, we will what? Figure it out. I want to read a quote. What counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived. It is what difference we have made in the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we led. That's Nelson Mandela. My text is coming out of Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, it says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them, and behold, there were many in open there were many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, O son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. To these bones, I surely I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was what commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, a sudden rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked at the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them all over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesize to the breath, and prophesize, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe in these slain that they may live. So I prophesied and commanded as he commanded me. And breath came in them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet, an exceedingly a great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are made, are, these bones are the whole house of Israel. 
or the church. Indeed, say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesize and say to them, thus the Lord God, behold my people, I will open your graves and I will cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves, my oh my people, and brought you up from your graves, and I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will give you and I will place you in your own land, and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. This is showing the remarkable power of God. Only God has the power of resurrection to bring the dead to life. Amen? It is only by the word of the Lord or faith in the promise of deliverance. Resurrection, the resurrection of the soul. See, see, this is, this is something that we, uh, that we have to understand as a church, that, that it's my job as senior pastor is to get your souls prepared, not your bodies. Can I say that again? It is to get your souls prepared, not your bodies. The Bible said that this body shall perish, shall go shall return back to his natural form. But your soul is the one that will last forever. Your soul is the one that will have the relationship with God as this body passes away. It's your soul. The resurrection of the souls into the life of Christ Jesus. See, that's why it was so important that Jesus Christ died on the cross in order to bring us back, in order to have us having the right relationship, bringing us back into the right relationship that was severed through Adam. Life, by the power of grace and mercy and love, the sacrifice on the cross, through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For the resurrection of the church, which has been afflicted, and persecuted under the yoke of the world. See, we don't look at it in that context. We don't look at it in that way. But the church itself has been persecuted and afflicted by the world. Because I think a few years ago, they were, they were running around here talking about my truth. My truth. And I think I shared this with you. It was a young man that came to me and he, and, you know, and he was talking about, well, I don't believe in Jesus. And he thought I was going to have some kind of a real debate with him or something. And I just told him, die. I said, you'll find out. I don't have to debate with you. Because if I'm sitting up here debating you that something that I know is true and you're telling me that you don't believe in, and that there's nothing I can tell you that, 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 that you will believe, I'm not going to debate with you right now, but what I would do is I'll sit down with you and have a cup of coffee with you and talk about it. But I'm not going to debate with you in, a, in, a, in, in, in front of a bunch of people. I'm not going to do it. 
Because when I said that, you know, everybody looked at me. Some people laughed. The Christians, they kind of laughed. But I, I was referring back to when Lazarus had died. And Lazarus made the statement. He says, can I go back and tell my mother and my, and my father and my brothers that this is real? And Jesus said, no. They have the prophets. Oh, they got the ministers. They got the preachers. They got the evangelists. They're going to have the same opportunity as you to hear it. Amen? So I wasn't being mean to him. I was just telling him the truth. The church has to get back its real focus. The church has to get back its real, its real focus. The resurrection of souls to eternal life in Christ Jesus is the real focus. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord set Ezekiel down. The place where God talked to him was full of bones, dead men's bones. Now listen to how the Word speaks to us. These bones were not piled up in a heap. Let's just think about it. They weren't piled up in a heap, but they were scattered all over the face of the ground. And he's walking among them. When I think about that, I think about some of our own American history. I think about Gettysburg as one of the most bloodiest battles that took place on American soil. They had brother fighting against brother. And when it was over with, there were corpses all over the face of the ground. And if I remember my history right, they were walking amongst them. Even as far as 1996, they were still finding skeletons from that battle. Bodies were being found all over the face of the ground. Ezekiel is telling us what he has seen. See, as a church, when we go out into the world, we need to be telling people what we are seeing. Because everybody needs to be saved. Everybody needs to hear the word of the Lord. They are very dry or having been exposed to the elements, the sun, the wind, the years of laying there. These are the same bones that used to be moistened with life. And now they lay dry. They are in an open valley, which, is, which encourages us of hope, of the resurrection. Under the watchful eye of, of heaven, for their hope, for those who lay in the valley, are only in the power of God. 
then God will ask the question. And he's asking the church the question. When you walk into Walmart or you're walking into Myers or you're walking into your workplace and you know that certain people aren't saved or certain people aren't getting the gospel of Jesus Christ, he is asking you the question, can these bones live? Because it's not about flesh and blood. It's about the soul of the man. It's about eternal life. Can we fight through our circumstances? Or do we limit God? The word says, he said, oh Lord, you know. When he was asked the question, he said, can these bones live? He didn't, he didn't say, I, I don't think so. He didn't say, well, I don't know. You, you know him. He ain't going to listen. God, that's not what the word of God said. The word of God said, oh God, you know. You know if these bones can live or not. But it's my job is to speak to them. It is by his will, his purpose, and power that these bones shall live. The only way these bones can come together is by the spoken word of the Lord. Isn't that what the word says? He says, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We have to learn as a church, we have to learn to minister grace and truth at the same time. I can't be so... Uh, 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 vigilant said, well, I'm, I'm just going to give up now. I'm not going to say nothing else to him. I've been trying to minister to him for the last 10 years, and he still ain't got it. But that wasn't the question that God asked. The question that God asked was this, can these bones live? But it's only about the spoken word. Sometimes, you know, I, I guess I told you guys the story once, but it's still funny to me. I was at work and sitting in the office going through something, and the guy next to me, he used to just get on my nerves all the time, just constantly get on my nerves. And then, so I'm waiting. I'm, I'm in my flesh. I can have testify now. I'm, I'm in my flesh, and I'm just waiting. He's going to say one more word, and I'm going to tell him. And then all of a sudden, he got to singing a song, this is how I fight my battles. And I looked at him. I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. But I'm saying that to say it is not me to determine when somebody has had enough. Only God knows. But it is me as a man of God or a woman of God <clears throat> And even a child of God is to continue to exercise grace, mercy, and love. Now, listen to what he does. He says, 
done by the prophecy through Ezekiel, he was ordered to prophesize upon these bones, just as we are ordered by God to stand in the gap and to speak the word of the Lord. For those who are lying in the valley of the world looking for hope, see, seeking salvation from what the world is offering is death. You forget about that part, don't we? We forget that, that what the world is offering everybody is death. He says, go willy-nilly and just have a good time. And at the end of the matter, they're right back where they started. No hope. In despair. And then you're standing in the Walmart line and and, and, and you got to be bold enough to prophesize. You got to be bold enough to say, can I pray with you? And you never know the reaction until you do it. Sometimes it's just that spoken word will change a life and a family. Because he is asking the question, can these bones live? They're doing what everybody is doing. They're searching for life. I want to read out of 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, because I want to read this because I want people to understand that, that God is life. See, we get so caught up on News Center 8, and we get so caught up on Lester Holt, and we get so caught up on CNN and Fox News, and we see the devastation and things that are going through the world, and the first thing we say is, where is God? God is in the spoken word. I'm going to say that to you again. God is in the spoken word. Let's read what the Bible says in John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. And we know that we are of God. I want you, I want you to hold on to the scripture. And we know that we, that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway or control of the wicked one. What did it just say? Tell me what the Bible just said. We are of God. Those of us who have, who have accepted Christ Jesus into our lives, we are of God. And then he explains, he says, and the whole world lies under the sway or the control of the wicked one. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. See, my understanding comes from my relationship with Christ Jesus. Why I'm living in this world. That we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Now, again... Let me say this. 
At the end of it, he says, eternal life. In other words, what he is saying is that this right here, my flesh, it prepares me for eternal life. Let me give you an example. When God breathed his breath into Adam and Adam became a living being, Adam had a relationship with God. His relationship with God was like this. He called him son. The Bible said that he walked in the cool of the eve with Adam. He had a relationship. Adam was able to tell God what was ever on his mind. And God said, Adam, I tell you what you do now. You got a little bit more responsibility. Now name everything on the earth. So Adam sat down and he, I can just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of picturing in my head. But you, you guys remember the Beverly Hillbellies? When Jeff Rowe used to get his pencil out and he said, oh, I'm going to about to cipher. You know, I can just imagine Adam sitting down there ciphering, talking about, well, I'm going to call you a goat and call you a mule and, and, oh, and you a shark down there. And he, the Bible said that he named everything. This was relationship. God said, Adam, you have control over the whole world. It's yours. It's your dominion. Then all of a sudden, God said, Adam, whatever you do, don't partake of this tree or you shall surely die. So what did Adam do? Adam partook of something that he wasn't supposed to. And in his act of disobedience, he gave control over to Satan of the world, the earth. Because now sin and death was able to come into the earth or the world. Before his act of disobedience, there was no death. Death is not of God. Sickness is not of God. Cancer, my mother passed away of cancer. Back in the day, she had ovarian cancer and she passed away. And, and I'm watching this woman who was a nice-sized woman and healthy woman, and I'm watching her dwindle away. But do you know I watched her body dwindle away, but I watched her faith increase. She increased. She kept saying, Greg, don't worry about me. Take care of your sisters and, and your grandma." Because she had the relationship for eternal life. Cancer and MS and diabetes and hurricanes and tornadoes and mass shootings, that's not of God. I haven't read one time, opened my Bible up to the Gospel of John, and he's talking about this is going to be a mass shooting in Colorado. That's the will of man. That's not God. All these are from the devil or the Satan or the wicked one. As we read, the whole world is under the control of the wicked one. 
Satan uses these to try to push us away from God. See, see, when we go through these kind of circumstances, he uses this to push you from God. And, and the first thing, and the first thing he says, he says, well, if there was a God, this would never would have happened, would it? Now, remember what I said about the thief? That the thief is secretive. That he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he does it like a stealth. He does it secretly, that with it real quietly, real subtle. So, so what, is, what is the word of God teaching us? He's teaching us that, that what is of the devil, he's trying to make it seem that is of God. He's trying to put the disillusion out there that's saying that, huh, if there was a God, this wouldn't happen. But God is telling the church, he's saying, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. In other words, what God is telling the church right now is that when these hurricanes happen, hear the word of the Lord. When you, we just saw the, 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 the video clip of the children in St. Jude's Hospital. <clears throat> we need to be praying so that they can hear the word of the Lord. Oh, dry bones. So the question of faith and belief that God is real in the different circumstances we see, people always ask the question, why did this happen? Because of sin and death. Because of something that, <clears throat> excuse me, because of something that Adam let in. See, now, now this, I'm going to put a picture of it like this. If Adam never partaked of the tree, we all still would be living until whatever. Because we would have that relationship with God. We wouldn't be like Moses. He said, I got to hide my, put my hand over your eyes. Because if you look upon me, you shall surely die. I would be, I would be in the right standing. I would be perfect. I would be without sin. So I would be able to look at God. That's why it's so important where he says, oh, my soul that is within me. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. That is within me. The church must stand up for the lost souls. And those who are going through the circumstances of life. The hope is in the spoken word of God. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So Ezekiel did as he was commanded. We must present our bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto God. We must speak to those dead bones so they can live by the word of God. We must pray. I was in conversation. We're, we're, we're going to do something with the men. We're going to start getting the men together. And we're going to start praying the men. Why? Why am I putting the emphasis on men? Because in the beginning, it was Adam. 
He says, we're the head, so, so we got to get ourselves together in order for everything else to follow behind. We must stick to it and not be moved by what we see. But put our trust in him who raises the dead. Our trust in him who is the foundation or who is the fountain of life, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say this like Winston Churchill said. He said, never give up. And I say again, never give up. See, that's what Satan wants us to do is give up. I was watching the video, and, and this video is such a strong impact because this video was showing the parents over their child. And they were praying for the child, and, 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 and they were believing for the child. And they were encouraging the child. Ezekiel did as he was commanded, and he prophesies to the bones. Now watch how the Spirit of God moves. The bones started to assemble together in order. I'm going to say that again. They started to assemble together in order. God made us in our mother's wombs, didn't he? he were, we were fearfully and wonderfully made, Right? In the same way God can make us new. Amen? In the same way. There's nothing impossible with God. Tissues and muscles came upon these bones, and these bones had activity, but no life. Isn't that something? Isn't that something how, how something can be active? And have no life. When the word of the Lord is spoken, something happens in a man, woman, or a child's life. Something starts moving. Noises start happening. Things start shaking and rattling around. And everything starts coming together. I'm saying this because by speaking the word of God, something got to happen. Something must take place. The word says that his word will not come back void. So that means something has to take place in a man or a woman's life. I may have been struggling with alcoholism, may have been struggling with drugs, may have been struggling with, with, with lust or porn, but when I hear the word of the Lord and you don't give up on me, something is going to happen. Can you imagine Ezekiel in this valley and the God is telling him, Ezekiel, speak to them bones. And if he was led by what he saw, he would say, God, them is, they dead. What do you mean speak to them? But that's not what he saw. He saw the same thing God was telling him to speak. He saw life. What is, what is, what's happening here right now 
is that they're waiting on God's love. Mm. Say that again. They're waiting on God's love. The breath of God. The spirit of God. This shows the power of God that he alone can reverse a decomposed process and bring life to what once had no hope. Have we ever been at a point in a time in our life where we just thought it was just decomposing? Had no hope, no life. Then all of a sudden, the word was spoken to you somewhere, somehow, and you heard about Jesus Christ. If I be honest with you, when I, when I, I, I grew up in the church, because back then, if you didn't go to church, you would just, like, it wasn't pretty. Let's put it that way. Because grandma didn't play. Woman about this tall. She did not play. All her grandkids or grandsons are six foot or better. And she used to look up at us and say, y'all get ready because y'all going to church. I don't care what y'all did last night. You're going to church. So for me, going to church was just going to church. I had no, I had no connection to it. I had no relationship to it. So as soon as I got to the point where I went on my own, I left church behind. But then when I got to a point in my life where I was broken and I was down, then all of a sudden somebody came and his name was, was Pastor uh, 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 Robert Jenkins. Never forget it. And he says, you know something, Greg? I was just over to your grandma's house. And she asked me to do a Bible study with her. And she asked me, did I know you? And, I, and he said to me, and he said, yeah, I know Greg. Him and my sister went to school together. April. And then she said, would you talk to him? So I'm watching Pastor Jenkins. He comes to me and he starts talking to me and he's telling me about this Jesus. I don't want nothing to know about this Jesus. And then all of a sudden, it clicked. Because I'm watching this man take time out of his life to speak to these old dry bones. That at one point in time, they were moistened with life, but now they lie dry and dormant. And by his love and by his dedication and by him not giving up on me, I'm standing up here today. One year ago, God blessed me to become senior pastor of this church. One year ago. But COVID was taking place. 
So the doors were shut and, and everything, but, but, but praise be to God, Edward was diligent and Shelby, and, and, and we still were able to get things moving. We were still able to have praise and worship going on, and, but we didn't have anybody here. We were still able to, to go out and speak the word of the Lord. Amen? The body is, how can I explain it? You ever see a, a, a sword, it's got the shift, you know, and it goes in. And that's what the body is to the soul. It's a covering. It's a blade for the knife or the sword. The word of the Lord is sharper than a double-edged double sword. So the word of the Lord strengthens and shapes our souls to be sharp. What is this place God is able to bring back together? By his word. See, it's by his word. Now, I'm about to close. But I'm going to close with this. I'm going to finish with this. The next part of the prophecy to the bones gives life. We don't think about that in that context. We see that they're standing up. We see that they all put back together. But see, something is missing, church. There's a peace missing. There's still no breath in them. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? That you see them standing all the way up and you, you're probably looking, oh they're, oh, they're all right. They're good. Isn't that how we are when we go to Walmart and, and, and Myers and, and the workplace and, and, and we see these different things going around? Oh, they, they're standing all right. Oh, they're good. But they have no breath in them. The valley is full of revised bodies that have no breath to be active. The Lord told Ezekiel to prophesy to the breath. Oh, prophesy to the spirit of the thing that is dead. In other words, we have to start speaking to what is dead in the circumstance. The soul of the man is what we want to be revived. Ezekiel is now standing in prayer. Think about it is that when we learn how to stand in the gap, when we learn how to stand in prayer, these slain bones can live. God, didn't, God, God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. I'm going to say that again. He is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. I keep saying this because I want you to get it into your spirits, into your head. He is not concerned about our bodies. It is the soul that what Jesus said with John, 3, John 17, 3. He says, now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Did you hear? He didn't say now, this is your body. He says, now, this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Ezekiel had already spoken the word of the Lord to these dead bones that had been dried up. But they had 
to be more work needed to be done. The work was needed in this situation because there was evidence that these bones were dried up, dead, and scattered all over the place. This was the work that only the Holy Spirit could do. Oh, we just went into another realm, didn't we? This is now the work that only the Holy Spirit can do. See, the spoken word got the, got the bones up. When he said, oh, dry bone, hear the word of the Lord, it got them up. It got them rallying together. They got them shaking and got them standing up. But there was something missing. The Bible said that they had no what? The breath in them. Ezekiel had not moved, was not moved by what he was seeing. He had to boldly proclaim the word of the Lord. Ezekiel stands and says, now listen to this. Thus saith the Lord, God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Now, that's a mouthful or a statement by itself. Because he wasn't done yet, was he? He had to stand and proclaim and be bold by it. He had to be pacific in what he was talking about. He had to call upon the four winds. Oh, breath and breathe on these slain that they may live. He is calling on the Holy Spirit to come upon those who had been slain that heard the word of the Lord, but they still needed life. Mm, that's something by itself, isn't it? That they still needed life. The Holy Spirit now is, is, is functioning. The Holy Spirit is now doing his part. The Holy Spirit is now working in this situation. We have to allow the supernatural to work. Amen? The, the encouragement is watching it from the beginning. I am so encouraged when I'm witnessing to someone and then all of a sudden I'm watching them grow in Christ Jesus because the evidence of the Holy Spirit is present in their lives. It clicked on. But we must stay around for the completion. Now just think about this in this context. Now just think about it. Ezekiel did everything the Lord told him to do. He's seen the bones stand up and he could have said, oh, it's over with now. I'm done. And walked away. But they never would have experienced the love of God through the Holy Spirit. They never would have experienced life through the Holy Spirit. The reviving was now complete because now the breath of God through the Holy Spirit has given life to what was now dead, now has life. Now they stood on their feet. 
These bones can only live by the word of the Lord, only by the Spirit of God can a man be reborn. By the word of the Lord and only by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, can a man be reborn. Reminds you of Nicodemus, doesn't it? Oh, how can a man be born again? Except he entered his mother's womb. And Jesus went on here and explained to him, said, nope, it is by the Spirit. That's where we get John 3.16 from, because Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whom shall ever believe in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. There that word is again, isn't it? Are you getting this, church? It is everlasting life that God wants us to have. That's why Jesus Christ went on the cross. To forgive us of all our sins. Because God knew, I'm going to say this, that we all was going to experience death. But that wasn't the end of it. With Ezekiel now, that wasn't the end of it. Because he knew that, that through eternal life, we would always be with him like it was supposed to be in the beginning. That's how it was supposed to be in the beginning with Adam. There's no more separation. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He gave us back what Adam gave away, eternal life. The church, listen to me, church, can now stand up and be revived. The church should no longer be spectators and lying in the valley and resting like dead bones. Mm, I just said a mouthful, didn't I? Now we must become the mighty army of God. We must live and take orders from the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We must go out and fight for those lost souls. It's our job. Your salvation isn't because you want to come here on Sunday and sit in the seat. It is to go out and get lost souls. It's to go out into the world. Go out and, go out and get the harvest. That no man shall be lost. No woman shall be lost. No child shall be lost. Ezekiel is yelling to the church, can these bones live? He's yelling, can these bones live? It is just not by the word, but also by the spirit of God. We have to have both in order to have life. Again, he said, prophesize to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And I will, verse 14 says, and I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. 
He says, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. In other words, he is telling us that I will place you in your own gifts, your own purposes, your own destiny. And then you shall know that I am the Lord, has spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. How will I know that? Because while I'm in this earthly vessel, I am doing the things that God wants me to do. I am witnessing, I'm, a, I'm evangelizing, I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm telling people about Christ Jesus. I'm telling them about the love of God. I'm being transparent enough and, and I'm telling them, I went through that. But this is how God delivered me from it. Yes, 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 I, I've been divorced before. But this is how God uh, uh, got me through it. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I've experienced the death of a child. But this is how God got. I'm telling you something, church. Your salvation is not for you to hide. Your salvation is for you to stand up and say, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It is by the Spirit that I live. Amen? Are you getting something out of this church? I really want you to get this. Because we are in a time right now in this world that we have to be led by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has to lead us and guide us in all wisdom and all understanding. It is by the Word of God that, 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 that makes me be able to get up in the morning. It is by the Spirit of God that is, it makes me able to live that day out. They have to work hand in hand. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It is only by the Spirit that these can live. I really want to get this into us. And those who are look, listening online, I really want you to understand that God wants our souls. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, that all that is within me. When I lay and take that final breath on that day, I'm not worried about this flesh. I'm worried about my soul. I'm like T.D. Jakes. I don't care how I get in. If I got to slide in on my belly as long as I made it. It is the eternal life. We keep hearing that over and over from Jesus. 
past he talks about the, 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 the Mercedes, the Cadillac, the airplane, the house on the hill, all that. That's all going to perish. But he told, he told the prophet when he was looking for David, he said, looking for the king, he says, I'm not worried about the outer appearance, but the heart of the man. What God wants more than anything is our relationship with him. He wants a relationship with him that we know without a doubt whatever circumstances we go through, that he is with us. God wants us. He wants us. He could care less how much money you make a year. Because I tell you one thing, if I took my final breath, I don't care how much money I made last year either. But it's eternity. We keep, everybody loves John 3.16. They said, well, God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son, that whom shall ever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. They, what, is they forgetting something? Should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm not telling you you're going to get an airplane. You won't hear that from here. I'm not telling you you're going to get a big house. You won't hear that from, from me. You won't hear that from here. But what I'm going to tell you is that God wants you. That's what I'm going to tell you. And, and it's my job to help you build and cultivate your relationship, so your soul can say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, that all that is within me. So when I'm walking into Myers, I, can, I have confidence, I have the boldness to say, hey, 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 bro, like you're going through something. You want me to pray for you? You never know. You might turn around, yeah, man, I, I really need it. That has happened many times. Man, jokers is bigger than me. I said, hey, man, you like you're going through something. Man, bro, you just don't know. Can we pray? Yeah, man, yeah. He's, it, you don't know. The church has come so fearful that we don't go out and we don't do our jobs. I never seen him again. But I guarantee you he remembers that prayer by that, you know, about that guy who was standing there in, in, in Myers who had the shades on and the Batman hat. Had all that on. And prayed. In Myers. And then when we left, I said, hey man, uh, you know I'm a Michigan State guy. He just cracked up laughing. Because he was a Michigan guy. I'm saying all this is that we just have to be ourselves. Just be ourselves. I, I know I kind of, but it's, it's just in my spirit. We just got to be ourselves.